Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Awkward. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, Ed Egros, Joe Ostrowski, and Jordan Love apologist Ryan Horvat here with yeah. us uh, for the entire program. So, again, great to have you on board. Let's talk about Jim Harbaugh for just a little bit before we get to uh, your college football totals. Because uh, from Ross Dellinger, Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh and the NCAA are working toward a negotiated resolution that is expected to see him suspended four games this season and penalties stemming from alleged false statements he originally made to investigators. Of course, this involves recruiting in some way, shape, or form. And always, whenever you hear about suspensions, the first thing you need to do is look at who a particular team is playing. I did just that. And Michigan for its first four games of the upcoming college football season, get East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers all at home. Joe, the NCAA is really teaching Jim Harbaugh in Michigan a lesson here. Yeah, yeah. They're really going to learn from this one. Yeah. Cupcakes, doesn't matter. Nothing to nothing to see here. I didn't even bother to look to see if anything moved, that their playoff price moved, the Big Ten title odds moved. Not, nothing should have uh, point spread for the first game. I, I doubt there's any change at all. And if there, if there is, if there was at all, I would say that's an over-adjustment, Horby. <laughs> yeah, you know what I think that they should do, you guys, is let's make this fair, right? Because, Ed, you said it perfectly, man. The four first weeks of the season are cupcakes. The first nine weeks of the season for the second straight right. year for Michigan, all cupcakes. They should suspend Jim Harbaugh for the final four regular season games to really teach him a lesson. I'm only half joking, guys. I don't even really care about this. I mean, he bought a couple recruits, a couple cheeseburgers, so this, this doesn't really bother me. But what's interesting is you look at those final couple games of the season. I think they start 9-0, and probably 10-0. and but then, you know, week 10, that's when they travel to Happy Valley for a big matchup against Penn State. And Penn State's getting a lot of love this year. They replace Sean Clifford with a five-star at quarterback. A few, a few weeks later, they host uh, Ohio State. So I'd rather see that suspension take place the second half of the season. But, no, nothing's going to change for Michigan. They're loaded this year. 15 starters are back. J.J. McCarthy's back. Blake Corum's back in that backfield. Uh, they'll start 9-0 and for sure. 
Corby, I want to go back to you here when it comes to evaluating the Big Ten in general, because even though we consider it maybe the the second best conference in the country, at the same time, it feels kind of top heavy. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's Michigan, it's Ohio State, and even for Ohio State this year, Ed, it's going to be a little bit of a rebuild year. You know, you replace C.J. Stroud. Uh, you bring back just 14 starters. You look at the schedule, actually kind of tough for Ohio State this year. You get Wisconsin, you get Notre Dame and Michigan all on the road. We don't really know what Kyle McCord is. We saw him really once last season in full game of action, and he threw for over 300 yards against Akron. Um, but you do love the wide receiver room. We always say the same thing at Ohio State. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be a top five pick. Became, I believe, the first Ohio State wide receiver last season with three games with over three touchdown uh, receptions. Uh, but the team that I'm really uh, looking forward to watching this season in the Big Ten is Penn State. Uh, Sean Clifford's gone. They bring back 16 starters, I believe, eight starters back on offense. Nick Singleton's back in that backfield. And, you know, I'm not a big James Franklin guy, but eight starters back on offense, eight on defense. They get Michigan at home this season. They catch Ohio State during a little bit of a rebuild year. I think it's really top heavy. Those are the three teams that I'm definitely looking out for. But I think the surprise team in the Big Ten, one of my favorite win totals, is actually Wisconsin to go over eight and a half wins. It's a little juicy right now, minus 135. We've seen a little bit of uh, a little bit of an adjustment. Actually opened at nine, took some money to the under because they had a terrible spring game. Obviously, it's year one for Luke Fickle. You bring in a whole new system on the offensive side of the ball. Tanner Mordecai is now the starting quarterback. I think that's an instant upgrade over Graham Mertz, who's now at Florida. But in the spring game, Mordecai threw four picks. Didn't look great. I still think, though, they're going to get that thing figured out. The offense is going to be much better than it's been the last couple of years uh, under Paul Chris. And they bring back Braylon Allen as their top running back as well. So I like Wisconsin to be the surprise team, maybe win 10, 11 games. But, yeah, it's very top-heavy. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, per usual, in the Big Ten. So when they yeah, made – As an, as an division, SMU grad, by the way, I, I must say, yeah. as an SMU grad – Pony up, Tanner Mordecai. I believe in him, and I'm with you 100% that uh, Wisconsin is uh, definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with, Joe. When they made these divisions, they they announced that you know we we could change it down the road if we feel there's a need. There's a need, and and, and I, I know a lot of these things change, but it it's never changed with the East and the West of the Big Ten. It's all the best teams on one side, and then the championship game sucks every single year. It is non-competitive. Go through, and then we're. It's always like a random breakthrough team, and I guess you can bet on that if you want. Okay, I'm going to buy into not this year, but once in a while, Northwestern <laughs> making the championship game, which they've done in the past, or like Horvey mentioned, Wisconsin, or once in a while, yeah. Purdue's pretty good. Like, it's time to mix it up in some way. And I know they want Michigan-Ohio State at the end of every season, and you can still have that. But but you have we, – we all know they they have the best teams all on one side, and I believe they the East has won it every single year since they've gone yeah. to this path. Like, it is time to change it up a little bit because it's the same story every single year. And I don't have a problem with Michigan-Ohio State being the two best teams. Usually that's when the Big Ten is its best. But, you know, if we're going to have a competitive conference here, I, I would split those divisions up. See, really quick on that, Joe. Well, it is about to get a little bit more interesting, obviously, with USC, you know, coming over to the Big Ten. But the only thing I do like about that is, like, right. uh, I just got done talking about the Badgers, right? And if you look at the West Division, 
Wisconsin's biggest game in the West this season is against Iowa. And I think Iowa's going to be a little bit better on the offensive side of the ball, but Brian Ferentz is still calling plays. Last year, I believe they averaged 16 points per game. You do upgrade a quarterback, but that's their biggest game. They get it at home. So what I like to do, like last year, I did this in the ACC. What I do like is you could take a longer shot with a conference champion. Now, I made the wrong decision last year in the ACC because I went with uh, Miami, better than six to one odds. But my plan there was, okay, if they do match up against Clemson, on a neutral field, we're probably, they're probably going to be at least eight-point dogs. So I could just hedge and play some Clemson back. Here, if I like the Badgers so much, if I think they're an 11-win team, I could play them to win the Big Ten. And then if they do see Ohio State, Michigan in the Big Ten title game, I could just hedge off of them. I mean, because you brought up, you know, we've seen this happen in the Big Ten before. Not that Purdue won the Big Ten title game, but Jeff Brown took them there twice. I believe both years they only won eight games. So that's the only thing I like about the West and the East being, you know, one side's really top heavy. The other is there's a lot of bad teams as you do get some good hedging opportunities, but I completely agree. I want to see how they switch things up with USC coming next year. That would be the time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. would. Be. You know, at the same time though, I think the ACC had a similar issue when Clemson kept winning uh, that conference where they were, they were going up against the likes of Duke, Virginia Tech, teams like that, <laughs> that, that really weren't going to be, you know, taking them on. And then we wound up with a rather weak uh, conference championship game. I, I do want to get to some win totals in just a bit, but this is more a philosophical question than anything else. Do we really need conference championship games? I know they bring in a lot of money and, and you know, you bring in eyeballs, all that stuff, but do we really need them in terms of truly determining the best teams in particular conferences? Because if say uh, an eight win team, you know, gets an upset, I mean, you know, the PAC 12, you know, has several examples of this. Are they really the best team given that college football is such a regular season, uh, you know, approach to deciding who the champions really are? Let me no, answer that really quick and just say no. Because, Joe, let me ask you a question. Do you remember who won the Big 12 last season? Who won the Big 12 title game? Um, it was it was a K-State. Kansas State? Yeah, That's well, right. it was Kansas yeah. State. But what we remember then is TCU, then in the college football playoff, upsetting Michigan, getting blown out by Georgia. So, yeah, That's well, right. it was Kansas yeah. State. But what we remember then is TCU – then in the college football playoff, upsetting Michigan, getting blown out by Georgia. So remember, there were people that right. were trying to make the case against TCU, even after an undefeated regular season, and even after a win over Kansas State. Granted, it was a fluky win where they, you know, Kansas State blew a three-score lead in that game. But I'm going to answer no, Ed. I don't think that we really need the college football, or I'm sorry, the uh, conference title games, to be honest with you. Expanded playoff, what's the point? What's the right. point aside from the money grab? That's all it is. Yeah. We all know it. And, yeah, those games usually stink. Uh, I like the SEC championship, I'll be honest. I love that game every year. But aside from that, why do, why do I love it? Because you usually have two really good to great teams. The rest right. of it, a lot of times, it's one good team and a pretty mediocre team or a team that exceeded expectations that nobody expected to be there. And then reality sets in the championship game with the extra prep time, usually going against the better head coach. Uh, so yeah, we don't need it. Will it go away? Of course not. It's one of those things that, that we could argue about, but it's not going anywhere. But yeah, with the expanded playoff, I'm good with the regular season, right? Just, and then, and then we go to the playoff teams. Why do we need, uh, the, the conference championship. We don't. Exactly. Exactly. 
So uh, outside of the Big Ten, uh, Horvey, what are some other win totals you love? Well, let's go to another uh, power conference, and let's go to the Conference USA. My favorite win total, okay, so I gave this out a couple weeks ago, is actually UTEP, over five wins. And it's still pretty much there. Uh, there's a five and a half. It's a little bit juiced right now, minus 135. They're also 10-1 to 1 to win Conference USA this season. So I'm going to take a stab. And here's another, uh, you know, hedging opportunity where Western Kentucky's the overwhelming favorite to win Conference USA. I believe right now they're plus 125. It makes sense. They bring back their quarterback, Austin Reed, a ton of playmakers on offense. But on the defensive side of the ball, Western Kentucky only brings back four starters. So the reason I like UTEP, not only to go over their win total, I think that's way too short at five and a half still, and to win Conference USA 10 to 1, is they bring back 15 starters. They get Western Kentucky this season at home. That's their biggest game of the year. They also host Liberty this season. Last year, they were 5-7. and seven. They had a lot of bad luck. I think their floor this year is seven wins. And their road schedule in Conference USA, very favorable. They have just one Conference USA opponent that had a winning record last season. They bring back their quarterback, Gavin Hardison, who has a really big arm. Their running back, Deion Hankins, is back. Also, their top wide receiver, Tyron Smith, ends up coming back, and he actually spent the spring at Texas A&M. It, looks like, it looked like he was going to hit the transfer portal. He's back. They have the best offensive line in the conference. Four starters are back, over 100 career starts. And then on the defensive side of the ball, seven starters are back. I'm a big fan of their head coach, Dana Dimel. Uh, I like UTEP. They're one-and-a-half-point dogs week one. Uh, I think there's going to be value betting them every week, but I really like them to go over five-and-a-half wins at minus 135. Another one uh, that I gave out uh, a couple weeks back, Pittsburgh. And I know that you guys had Phil Steele talk about Pitt, so I don't really have to go long form on this one. But I went under on them last season, and it was nine and a half was the win total last season. It just didn't make sense for me because you lost Kenny Pickett. You lost Jordan Addison in the transfer portal. This season, I think they actually upgrade at most positions. Like, let's start with the quarterback position. Phil Jerkovic takes over for Keaton Slovis, who's now at BYU. He had 24 career starts at Boston College. His best year was in 2020, and that was with Frank Signetti calling the plays. He's now the offensive coordinator at Pitt. So he's reunited with his former OC. They bring back Rodney Hammond in the backfield. He averaged over four yards per carry. Three other top four wide receivers are back. Three starters on the O-line. It's funny because I'm not the biggest Pat Narduzzi guy, but he does a really good job recruiting players for that program. And I do like their D.C. Randy Bates a lot. Five starters are back. I honestly look at the schedule. I think they have a shot to start 7-0. and Then they see Notre Dame on the road. I think that's actually a winnable game. I'm a big Notre Dame fan, but I don't know that they even go over their win total this season. They're at home against Florida State. I just thought a three-win adjustment was a little bit too much. So I went over on Pitt at 6.5, and, and I would still play that at 7. Uh, one more that I really like. Florida Atlantic. This opened at seven. It's at seven and a half right now. It's juice minus 115. Tom Herman takes over as head coach. I actually kind of like Tom Herman at Texas. It's just obviously, as you were going to see again this year for Sark, huge expectations every single season. But they have 18 starters, uh, 18 starters coming back at FSU, uh, FAU. They were a couple plays away last season from being bowl eligible. Eight are back on offense, and they bring in Casey Thompson, who I know he didn't light the world on fire at Nebraska last season. But he did spend three years with Tom Herman at Texas. They have 10 starters back on defense. And again, it comes down to strength of schedule. They have one of the easier schedules in the AAC this season. They play all the bottom teams from the conference. They don't have to play SMU, who's going to be tough, as you know, Ed. 
They avoid Memphis, who also has a high win total over eight this season. And then they get UTSA and Tulane both at home. So I think Tom Herman has a shot to actually get them in the AAC title game. But I really like just getting them to eight wins and laying the minus 115. And then uh, I'll throw one last one out there because I hear a lot of people hyping up this team. Arizona State under four and a half. It's still plus money right now, plus 130. I like Kenny Dillingham. I think that's one of the better hires this offseason. I think Oregon's going to suffer without him. Bo Nix is really going to suffer without him. But I'm not a big Drew Pine fan, and he's now their starting quarterback. So I'm going to go under four and a half for Arizona State year one. Yeah, I like that one a lot, especially given the state of the Pac-12. Arizona State's going to have a real uphill battle. So appreciate all of those. Good stuff. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we go off the board, and your humble host is apparently being blamed for a lot of national technical glitches. That's right here on the BetQL Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.